boy, I'm having fun already today. It's good to have everybody in the room. Good morning. If we have not met, my name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor here. So glad to have everybody here. I know there's a lot of you guys joining online too. We're glad to have you as well. Want to say hey to all you there. Now, here's the thing. Today's a special day. In just a few minutes, we're going to go right out through these doors, eat a bunch of free food. There's going to be music playing. We got bouncy houses for the kids. We're, it's going to be a bash, everybody. It's going to be a good time. So kids, I got an opportunity for you right now in this moment. I want you to look at your parents and say, mom, dad, family member, I heard there's a Kona ice truck outside. And if I sit nicely for the next couple minutes, you will buy me some. Okay, make that deal with your parents right now, and I promise they'll follow through on it. Parents, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now also, kids and students, I know what you're really worried about right now. You guys are worried that your parents are going to start disrupting the service. You're worried that they're going to get up and go to the bathroom seven times. They're going to be fidgeting. They're going to be making noise. So kids and students, you have my permission. If your parents start acting up, you can take away their phones, okay? Put them in timeout whatever you need to do to keep the parents under control, all right? Now, let me say this. I told you guys I had some good news. Now, for those of you guys who are new to our church, maybe this is news for you. In the month of May, we talked about this vision for our church to do everything we can to give kids an opportunity to be raised up, again, in the power and presence of God, to fall in love with Jesus from the youngest possible age. And so that is why we are launching Hills Academy, this preschool happening at our church. We raised over $220,000 in four weeks for this thing. It's been amazing. Now, some of you guys, you're like, I want to hear more updates. Brian, I've been given to this thing. What's going on? Well, I have some updates for you. There was one critical piece for all of this to come together. We had one little piece. This has been Pastor John's life for the last six months. And I'm excited to let you guys know, in just the last couple days, we have got that last piece, and we officially hired a director for Hills Academy. We got her. Now, I am so excited to introduce you to her. We're not going to do it, do it today. She starts next Monday. And the coolest thing is she came through a connection in this church. You just know it's God when you see that someone in this church felt so strongly that this was the person. And it became so clear through the whole process. She officially said yes. August 8th, she'll get started. We'll bring her up here. You'll get to meet her. She's got experience. She's done this before. She is going to create the world-class early Christian education center we've been talking about. So, with that being said... Next week, Monday, she starts. We also are going to be breaking ground outside and redoing the whole outside area starting next week, so you'll get to see what that all looks like as we get going. Things are moving, everybody. Things are moving. So with that being said, now is the time, everybody. We've had some side conversations with some of you. Some of you guys have talked and emailed me. If you have any interest whether it be volunteering, maybe coming on staff as a teacher, maybe offering expertise, or if you think there's anything, I've had people who are like, we have a cabinet business, we can give some cabinets at like wholesale price, whatever. If you think you have anything to offer to help this academy, please, you can email myself, Pastor John, all of our info's on the website, okay? So now would be the time to let us know if you think there's any way to get involved, because now we're moving, we will launch as soon as we possibly can, all right? So if you've got kids yourself, or you've got friends who've been asking, it's coming, everybody. So there you go, Merry Christmas, early, early Merry Christmas present. Now, for the young people in the room, for all of you guys still living with parents, I want to ask you a question. That was sounded like an old person who said woo. That sounded sound like you're a little old to say that, but we, we love you. We're glad you're here. Young people in the room, if you're still living with your parents, what grade would you give yourself for how well you obey your parents? 
What grade would you give yourself? A, you're killing it, you're awesome. F, totally failing, you're grounded right now, actually. Everything in between. What, what letter grade would you give yourself, kids? And may, tell your parents, tell them what you think your letter would be. Parents, I'm curious if you would agree with these letters that are going around the room. Now, here's where I'm getting with this. All of us, we've had this experience. There are things our parents ask us to do that we do not want to do. And parents, we all know this. You see the look in your kid's eyes. They have that look. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm dying on this hill. I'm going to take my chances with this one. I'm going to play my odds and see how this thing goes. And parents, what is our attitude with all this? All of us are just like, if you would just obey, I promise you, your life would go so much better for you. Amen, any parents in the room? That's how we all feel. Now, for everybody, what grade would you give yourself for how well you obey God? B, B plus? Did he already tell you? You got your report card? What letter grade would you give yourself for how well you obey God? Now, it's interesting because I think a lot of us in here, if you would say you're a Christian, you would hope your answer would be, well, I would really try to obey God any opportunity I had. But truly, every single person in this room has a limit to their obedience to God. There's a limit. There are some things God asks us to do that we just don't want to do. And I want to catch everybody up. If you've missed the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called There Is More. And this is a defining series for our church because we've been talking about how there is so much more God wants to do in our lives than we often realize or even desire for ourselves. That he wants to rain down his presence and power in our lives in dramatic ways. And yet most Christians... I think it's safe to say most, are not experiencing the fullness of everything God wants to do in their lives. Do I have any superhero fans in here? Superhero movies, you guys in any of that stuff? A little bit? Any of the kids? Now, let's see. I'm just curious. Any Marvel folks? Where are my Marvel people at? Marvel? Okay. DC people? DC? Everybody who has no idea and doesn't care. Okay. You don't know the difference at all. Now... Here's the thing, for you superhero fans though, there's a lot of superheroes these days that have some impressive powers, powers I would like to have. And yet you need to know that there is no power that compares to the power of God's presence working out through your life. There is no power that compares to the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no man or woman in tights who can compete with the power of God. And so my hope these last few weeks has been to stir some of us up to want more to ask God for more, to not settle for just a complacent, casual, cultural Christianity, but to get all that God wants for you. But with that being said, one of the primary reasons we don't experience more is because of our lack of obedience. I'm going to go back to the parent-child Dynamic. So, kids, students, I got two kids of my own. Now, my kids are at the stage where we're trying to limit screen time as much as we can. It's a battle. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. See some nods. Now, my kids will sometimes have a standoff with me. They're like, Dad, we want a show. Give us a show. The demands start. And then sometimes I just hold my ground. I'm like, no show's happening, guys. I'm holding the line today. And so then they go to plan B. Well, then give us ice cream. We want ice cream. Any parents have these battles before? And here's the thing, 
I'm like, it's always my daughter, by the way. It's always my daughter. I love her. It's always the daughter. But I'm like, do you really think I want to reward this behavior right now? Do you think I'm going to start pulling ice cream out of the freezer and pouring sauce all over it and laying the sprinkles on with this kind of behavior? And here's what I'm always thinking every time. I'm like, if only you knew the access I had to all of the flavors of ice cream that exist in this world. If only you knew the sauces that I could purchase at the store on your behalf. If only you knew all the colors of the rainbow of sprinkles I had in our very cabinets. I would rain them down all over you if you would just obey. So, God, he wants to pour the blessing out. He wants to lay all of the sprinkles on your life. Yeah, I'll preach it. <laughs> One of the clearest, most basic commands we get from the Bible, it is right in our face that we are called to obey, is simply this. Be baptized. You see it all through the Bible. Jesus, Matthew twenty nineteen, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Peter, in Acts 2.38, says, repent and be baptized. Now, there's so many other examples. We'll go through some of them today. I'm wondering, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? He hasn't. We'll see if we can change that. <laughs> have you, by your own personal choice, as an act of obedience to God, been baptized? Now, why does God care so much about this? Why should we even be baptized? Why be baptized? Now, I'm going to pretend we're starting just from zero here, just for all of us to catch up. Because some of us may not be fully aware of all the nuances of this thing. You know, one thing about baptism is it's a powerful symbol. It's this simple act that maybe lasts a second or two, but it's powerful. Because if you've ever seen a baptism before, you know you take somebody and you put them under the water for a moment. Well, in that moment... When you are baptized, you are declaring physically with your body that you believe in the death of Jesus for your sins. And not only that, but you are dying to the sin in your life. You are leaving behind an old life. That's a powerful act. And then we leave you under there for 5, 10, 15 minutes if you have not been behaving yourself, just to see if it takes. And we pull you out. And... When you come out of that water, you are physically with your body declaring, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead for the forgiveness of my sins. Not only that, but you are coming alive to the new life that God is giving you. Leaving the old life behind, eternal life, all of the fullness of what God has for you. And all of that water washing over you is a symbol of all of your sin being washed away once and for all by faith in Jesus. This is a powerful symbol. It's unbelievable. But it's not even just that it's powerful. Jesus himself was baptized. Jesus did it. So in Luke 3.21, it says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. Now, if there is one person on planet Earth who does not need to be baptized, trust me, it's Jesus. He's the one guy who doesn't need it. He doesn't need any sin washed away. He doesn't need to be forgiven of anything. He's God in the flesh. And yet, this is so important to Jesus 
that he made sure to go first to set an example for us. God is saying, I am so serious about this. I am even going to come to this earth and get in the water myself so you know how essential this is to the Christian faith. Jesus didn't just do it, though. He commanded it. I read just a piece of it a minute ago. Let me read the whole verse in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the great commission from Jesus. That's what it's sometimes called. This is the rally cry he's giving to the Christian church. Think of all the things he could have said here. He could have just said, hey, make sure you go to church. Have some good church attendance. Make sure you're nice to people. Play less video games. But look what he says. Be baptized. It's that important. I want you to be baptized. But there's one other critical piece of this for why we should be baptized. I think this is the one that really fits with what we're trying to talk about today. Obedience leads to blessing. The very first ever Christian sermon given, ever in the history of mankind, was from Peter. And this is his application, his charge to people in response to the news that Jesus was alive. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The whole application from the first ever Christian sermon is turn to God. That's repentance. Turn to him. Give him your life and be baptized. That's all Peter has to say. And my hope is that there are some of us in this room where your true heart's desire is to have more of God in your life. You want more. You want more of his presence. You want more of his direction. You want to hear his voice more in your life. And he wants to do that. He has things he wants to do in your life, but obedience is necessary to experience many of the blessings God has for you. Go back to Jesus' baptism. We said Jesus was baptized. We get a peek into what happened there in Mark 1. It says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, right when his baptism happened, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus has a supernatural, powerful encounter with God the Father. God the Holy Spirit descends on him in a supernatural, powerful way. Not only that, this is the moment in Jesus' life when he is called into his public ministry, ultimately dying for the sins of the world and defeating them through his resurrection. All of this happened right after his baptism. Right after. Power, favor, and direction. I'm telling you today, God has power for you. He has presence he wants to bring into your life. He has blessings and plans for you that he is waiting to bring and rain down on you. But he is waiting for you to take a step in his direction. He's waiting for you to take a step of obedience because when you do, he has supernatural plans and blessings he wants to bring that can only come through obedience. Now, with all that being said, there's still a lot of us in here that haven't been baptized. This is a step many of us have not taken. 
and there's a variety of reasons, I want to hit some of the common objections that I just hear when it comes to the whole baptism conversation. One of the big ones I hear often is, well, Brian, I was baptized as a baby. This thing happened. And for many of us in here, even if you weren't raised like in a church environment, for a lot of us, our parents dragged us to a church and had us sprinkled by a priest or a pastor. This is part of my story too. It's a very common experience. And this really, all of the intentions and desires for this are so good. Because there are many people that have a conviction that when you baptize a baby, it's a powerful moment in their life. And it can help just project them towards the right direction spiritually and invite God into their life and a public declaration of it. There's a lot of powerful devotion to this and meaning behind it. I totally understand it. What's really interesting to me is when you look at baptism in the Bible, it always follows a very specific pattern. I want to see if you can catch it. In Acts 8, it says, the people believed Philip's message concerning Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. Do you see the order? Every time you see the Bible, it's belief, and then by your own personal choice and volition, be baptized. It's a hard thing to do when you're a baby. Now, I know for many people, this is a struggle. Because in your mind, you're like, well, man, I don't want to diminish the importance of my baptism as a baby. That was a powerful thing. Maybe you come from certain church backgrounds where that's a very important thing. I totally understand that. Some of you guys, you don't want to dishonor or disrespect your parents who would be like, why would you have to do this again? We did this whole thing when you were young. I just want to put this before you. If you were baptized as a baby, but you have never done it by your own personal choice, should you choose to do so, I'm telling you, this diminishes nothing about what happened with you as a baby. It doesn't diminish anything your parents did for you. It is an affirmation of everything your parents were praying and hoping for that you would start your own personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus yourself and declare him publicly as your own Lord and Savior. That is something to celebrate, everybody. That's something to be excited about. That's good news. God wants your baptism to be your choice. There is something so powerful when you get in that water and you know this is 100% between me and God. I'm here for him. That's powerful. Now, some of you guys might be thinking, okay, Brian, you're making a decent case right now. I'm listening. But you're like, Brian, I didn't come prepared. I didn't come here thinking I was going to get wet today. All right. I would have wore a much different outfit. Okay. Here's what I'm excited to tell you. We prepared for you. We got everything you need right here. We didn't waste a minute because I know you do your hair and you have all these plans. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm not ready. Don't worry. We planned for you to be here today, even before you did. We've got everything you need. I've got a dark shirt. Dark. I know that's important for some of us. You know, details. Dark shorts. The whole outfit. There's a towel in here. We got a bag for your clothes. Everything you would need to start dry and leave dry in the same outfit you're wearing right now. All right. Everything is available. Every single size. I don't care what size you are. We have it. I promise you, you will fit in something we have. I'm just going to throw that over there. Thank you so much, babe. So we're ready for you. I love this in Acts 836. This is about a guy who like just became a Christian. It says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the man from Ethiopia said, look, here's water. 
what can stand in the way of my being baptized? I, I just love that. He's like, man, well, there's some water. Let, let's just do this right now. You said this is an important thing. Like, let's just take the step. And guess what? We got a nice warm tub right outside. You don't even need to get a nasty creek or pond or anything. This is nice, clean water. It's all ready for you. So, you're prepared now if you weren't already. Now, here's what I know some other people are thinking, though. Brian, I really want my family to see this. I mean, if I was going to know I was going to get baptized, I would have invited way more people. I want them to have this experience. I want them present here. I totally understand that. Because this is a special moment. But I want you to know, there is power in immediate obedience. There's power in it. This is the pattern we see in the Bible. Believe and then waste no time. Get baptized. Don't delay. Don't sit on it for years. Don't just mull it over in your mind. You do it. And you know what one of my experiences is? Just working with people. So often, delayed obedience becomes disobedience. God is looking for people who will move when he says to move. He doesn't want us dragging our feet into submission. He wants us to step forward and take bold steps of faith. And even today, even you may not have everybody here you'd want, we have a professional photographer on site who's going to capture every single moment. We're going to have drones flying around and capturing the moments like that. We are going to make sure this is a moment you can share and just celebrate the rest of your life. But you know what the most important thing about this is? Ultimately, this is not about you and family members. This is between you and God. And the most important person is here today. God will see your baptism today. And he will celebrate it with you. And that's all that really matters. I've got two more. Let me get these real quick. Some of us might be thinking, well, Brian, I'm not a member of Northern Hills. Like, literally, I just came today for the first time. Or I just started coming. I don't even know you. What's going on? Let me tell you this. There's no membership requirement. You don't need to go to some class. There's nothing in the Bible that says you need to go through 20 steps to make sure you're ready to be baptized. You may just be here today to be baptized. That may be the only reason you're here. And we would love to help you do that. Seriously, we'd be happy to do it. So, you just believe and we will get you baptized. All right, that can happen today. Now, I got one more little objection that might be stirring around some people right now as you're thinking about this. You're like, Brian, if I'm being really honest, I wouldn't want to admit it, but I feel embarrassed. I feel a little stupid about this whole thing. Now, I've read all these studies. Apparently, this is confirmed research that the greatest fear most people have is public speaking. Even more than death itself. People would rather die than get up in front of people and talk. <laughs> Which I don't know what that says about my profession, but <laughs> here we are. But I'm guessing if you're that terrified of public speaking, you probably hate getting in front of people and getting wet just as much, right? That's not something you're looking to do. It's not like we're at a water park right now where everybody's in their bathing suits and we all feel awkward together. No, you're getting in front of people. It's a little weird. Now, last week, if you missed it, we talked about the importance of humbling ourselves before God, of lowering ourselves in this posture of allowing God to raise us up into all of the plans he has for us. We talked about how humbling yourself it's awkward sometimes. It's uncomfortable. It makes you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel exposed. I want you to understand today, baptism is an act of humility. 
You are lowering yourself before God in an act of obedience and worship, saying, God, I am going to obey you regardless of how I even feel about this. In Romans 6, Tanasia read it in one of our readings. She said, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized, this is a baptism passage, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, I know that's a mouthful. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying Jesus experienced the ultimate baptism for you. He didn't just go into some water. He went to a cross. He went into the ground. And he took on your sin upon himself. Out of an act of love and defeated it through his resurrection. So now through faith, we can be brought to a new eternal life that starts the moment we believe. Some of you today, you have never put your full trust in Jesus. You have never given him all of your life. And I'm telling you, Jesus died for you. He rose from the dead for you. He is waiting for you to come to him in humility so you can experience all the benefits of God's presence and his forgiveness and the hope of eternal life. You can place your faith in him today. You can take care of that today. You can leave here knowing that you have a relationship with the living God, Jesus himself. And when you believe, you know what I encourage you to do? Be baptized. And you can do that today as an act of declaration of your faith in Jesus. If Jesus was willing to die for you, are you at least willing to get wet for him? Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. When you truly understand and appreciate the lengths God went to to save you, to give you new life and humanity and hope, you realize you have nothing to be ashamed of. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. And you have everything to look forward to in what God has done for you. You know, this all relates kind of to my own story. So my baptism story is that I was baptized as a baby. Went through that whole deal. Don't remember it. My parents said I was crying and screaming the whole time. Sounds accurate, to be honest. It's probably true. And I never really thought about it. I was like, cool, I was baptized as a kid. Didn't really matter. Well, my late teen years, early adult years, I started to really get passionate about my faith. And I started seeing all these other people getting baptized. And I started having this thought like, man, maybe that's something I need to do, like for myself. And I just kind of wrestled with it for a while. Well, then... I went into vocational ministry, everybody. I became a paid professional Christian. And I'm starting to think, how weird would it be for the pastor to get in the tub? Everybody's going to be like, what's wrong with that guy? Shouldn't he have taken care of that like 10 years ago? He, he missed the boat. Like, we can't follow some guy who can't be baptized. So I started feeling all insecure about this. I'm like, are people going to be making fun of me? Like, this is going to be super weird. Like, maybe this is more of a kid thing. I'm a grown man now? Like, I can't be doing this. And Come on, it's just getting in a tub, right? Maybe God doesn't care that much. And plus, I was baptized as a baby. 
So I started having all these thoughts going in my mind. And this passage has challenged me so many times, and it definitely relates to this moment I was in. In John 12, it's talking about people who believed in Jesus, but felt ashamed. They were embarrassed to really go all the way for him. It says, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. I'm wondering, for those of us who haven't been baptized, what will you say when you stand before the living God and tell him why you weren't baptized? I'm wondering when you're standing before Jesus with holes in his hands and feet, what you're going to say for not obeying something that he made very clear. I do not want to get an A with people and an F with God. God has praise for you. You see that verse? There is praise from God he wants to give you. He wants to lavish his blessing and his love and his power in your life. But it very well may come at the cost of human praise and approval. And so I had this critical juncture as I'm wrestling through this internally. And finally, I really felt like God was saying to me, Brian, do you care more about what people think or what I think? And I finally had this moment where I was like, you know what, God? I do care what people think. Let's just be honest. I don't think we ever fully get over that. But at a critical juncture of my faith, I was able to say with real sincerity, as much as I care what people think, God, I care more about what you think. And so, as an adult, grown man, already working in ministry, I wrote these exact words. I am so grateful for the love my parents showed me by giving me an infant baptism. But I would like to publicly proclaim my faith as a result of my own decision and initiation. Now I can truly say that this conviction and passion for Jesus is a result of my own submission to the Holy Spirit's urgings to give him my whole life. I thank the Lord for leading me to take full ownership over this faith he's been developing in me over these past years. And I was then baptized at Calvary Church in Chicago, August 12, 2009. It was done. I did it. That was a defining moment in my life. This was not just some religious ritual for me. It was a line in the sand. It was a stake in the ground. I was declaring, God, I want everything you have for my life. I don't want to miss any of the plans or purposes you have for me. I want it all. I want more, God. I don't want to settle for less. And so, I honestly believe, this may sound extreme to you, but I really believe I would not be standing here before you today had I not taken that step. Because it was a critical moment in my life where I just decided, God, I'm going to obey no matter what the cost. And so I want to take a moment right now. We actually have a lot of people that are already signed up and committed to be baptized today. It's going to happen. And I want to invite a woman up from our church who is actually getting baptized this very day. Can we give some love to Billy as she comes up to the front? So, <laughs> so Billy, she's just going to take a moment and she's going to tell us why she will be getting baptized today. Thanks, Brian. Um, like you, I was baptized as a baby and I thank my parents for that to raise me knowing God. But as I grew into adulthood, I struggled with my faith, and it wasn't until I came to Northern Hills a few years ago 
with my youngest daughter for actually my grandchildren's baptism that I fell in love with Jesus. And my journey since then has been amazing and has truly changed my life. It's not been easy or without troubles, but I know that God's always been with me. Today symbolizes my full commitment to Christ as the leader and center of my life. And I'm sharing this day with one of my beautiful daughters, Patricia, who will also be baptized today. So to get... So together we will commit our lives to our one and only Savior. I'm so excited and blessed to be here and experience this day with my family and my friends. So if any of you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would encourage you to get in line at the baptismal pool and let God change your life. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Billy. Kids, students, young people, I want to talk to you guys for just a minute. You know why your parents take you to church? Some of you might say they even drag you to church sometimes. They do it because they love you. And they want nothing more than for you to have your own personal, passionate, real relationship with Jesus. And I want you young people to hear me today. We believe in you as a church. We want to see all of God's purposes worked out in your life. He has great plans for you. He wants to give you his power. He wants to use you in great ways in this generation. And the reason we have you in this room today, young people, is because this is for you too. You can place your faith in Jesus. You can have a relationship with him. If you put your trust in Jesus, you can be baptized. And if that is something, if you're a young person in this room, where you feel like, that's something I'd like to do, I would just challenge you, talk to the parent or family member you came with and say, Mom, Dad, whoever, I want to talk about that. And for the parents in the room, just know, we don't just put people in the water to put them in the water. We have pastors and staff ready to have those conversations, and we will definitely go on that journey with you and make sure it's the right time in the right way. But you young people know, we believe God has his power for you. And I want to encourage you parents, Do not hinder the work of God in your kid's life. Encourage it. Push it. Celebrate it when you see those steps of faith towards God in your kids. I want to talk to the parents now in the room. How powerful would it be for your kids to witness you taking a bold step for Jesus today? What kind of mark would it leave on your kids' lives for you to look in the eye and say, hey, mom, Dad, we're giving it all to Jesus. We're trusting him with everything. We are going to be a family that trusts God, and you get baptized for them to witness. Some of you parents, you may ignite a legacy of faith that will last generations through this very act today that your kids witness. There is a legacy of faith that God wants to leave far behind you, but it requires you to take some steps for your kids to benefit from for every person in this room, young, old, single, married, whatever your situation is, God wants to bring his power and presence on your life. He has more for you. He has plans that he wants to bring about in your life that he is waiting to give you. But it's up to you to take the steps of obedience. 
And so I have one last charge to every person in this room from the Bible itself. In Acts 22, it says, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized. If there is anything in you right now that is feeling that stirring, you hear that voice, you know this is something I need to do. You know what's happening right now. I want to encourage you, do not ignore that voice. Do not ignore the prompting. The Holy Spirit is urging you to move and take a step of obedience. God has more for you, and he wants you to experience it. So take the step. In just a moment, I am going to count to three. And here's what I want you to do. If you need to be baptized today, when I get to three, we're all going to stand up. And we're going to head out to the party. But I want to encourage you, we have a big table right in the cafe. It's got every size shirt and shorts. We got the towels and the bags ready to go. You go right out there and say, I want to get baptized today. Great. What size are you? We hand you all the stuff. We have volunteers and staff ready to point you to private, clean changing rooms. All right? So you can take care of all that stuff. So you go. You grab your stuff. You get changed. You head right out through the garage doors that are open up. And we've got the tub ready. We got music playing. This is a party, everybody. This is going to be fun. We're here to celebrate. Okay? And so, for all of us, once I get to that three, we're going to head out right there too. We got free food ready. We got Kona ice. It's a party. The bouncy houses are there for the kids and some of the adults. And so, it's going to be a good time. I want to encourage everybody, stay for a while. Have some fun. Meet some people. This is a bash. We call it a bash for a reason. Now, if you are getting baptized today, you still might be a little nervous right now. You're like, oh my goodness, am I actually doing this? I'm about to get up and grab some clothes and get changed and do this thing? If you're a little nervous, if you're with somebody right now, maybe it's somebody that would be important to you to play a role in this baptism, even just as moral support to stand with you in the tub, maybe even help be a part of your baptism. I want to encourage you, talk to them and say, hey, will you come with me? Will you do this thing with me and just come with me? And I'm telling you, they will say yes. They're not going to say no to you. You, we would love to have anybody in the tub that wants to help with baptisms. You don't need to be some ordained pastor to do this to somebody. You can be a part of this thing. So ask the person with you, like, hey, I think I'm going to do this. Will you come with me? I want to make this a thing. And so I'm going to count to three, everybody. If God is telling you to be baptized today, do not ignore that voice. I'm telling you, you will never regret it. So one, you're already thinking about getting your clothes right now. Two, everybody's going to be partying in the next couple minutes, listening to music, eating food. I'm about to get the last number. You ready to go? Three, let's all stand up, everybody, and let's go get baptized and start the party. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.